Today's Friday, and today and all next week, we're going to talk about some ways to find time to communicate, and we're also going to talk about some communication blockers that get in the way and how to eliminate them. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. This week, we've been talking about the importance of teaching your child to communicate. One of the great areas of communication is the number of times we had family meals. We really believed that the family meal was important, and we didn't use TV trays in front of a television. We actually had a family meal. We actually did some talking. We actually sat at the dinner table. And watching a friend of mine, a friend of mine is Lebanese, Anthony Barber, his family, every Sunday, everyone went to grandma's house and there had to be 30 plus people in that house on Sundays and because I was the interim in his church for three years I wanted my children to see what it really is like with extended family family Mm -hmm. meals it was unbelievable and the richness of communication around that massive table I mean it was an aggressive table it was a fun table but boy it was a growing the team together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. over the excuse of eating and I think there's something for us to be learned and I don't think it's just Lebanese I think it's the Latin community I think the more you get Americanized the less you experience the experience of the meal, you just eat the meal and run. Mm-hmm. And we're missing something because children need that group, that absolute time of group therapy, processing things. You grew up in a Latin home and that's yeah. huge, isn't it? Yeah. Well, mine was sort of a mixed home, but having been so connected with well, Latinos. Both your parents are Latin. How can that be no, a mixed No, my mom's home? American, Dutch American. Is she, she just, really? Yeah, just she born in Mexico. Spanish. Well, she was born in Mexico to missionary parents, but she's just a mix of in, <laughs> in and of herself. And then my dad is from Spain, which is a different kind of Latino. They're a little more reserved, but having grown up in Hialeah and Miami, I mean, I can switch Cuban, Colombian, Spanish, whatever. Wow. But learning also how mealtimes have turned out. My mother-in-law at the last minute just wants to make a huge meal for everybody and calls everybody up and we're, you know, obligated. Stop everything and go. Exactly. And if not, you'll get the guilt trip. Yes, because yes. But it's got to be spent... so cool for all the cousins. Oh, absolutely. Uh, huge to absolutely. be there. And now it ruined all your night plans, yes. but oh, you'll I have to it. just deal with it because mama's got to be happy. So. Well, I think, I think unfortunately, the gringo can learn some stuff here. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew because I grew up in a single parent home and my mom died, so it was my dad. So I got to tell you, dinner was about 10 minutes and Thanksgiving was about 15 and, yeah. and Christmas was maybe an hour. And Rosemary grew up in an ethnic home. Mm-hmm. And so dinner at the table and I had to lighten her up a little bit on China. You know, dinner's proper former, every time? Yeah, well, yeah. she was starting down that road. Oh, okay, okay. And Rosemary, you're imposing so much. You're teaching school all day and you want to come home and do this. Stop. You can't do that. But I think the number one ingredient was not what we eat off of is that we ate together Mm -hmm. in our home Mm -hmm. and helping my children see the value of that and arranging Mm -hmm. things around it and really having discussions that weren't so intense Mm -hmm. because sometimes we tend to only talk when there's a problem. You know, me saying to Tori, hey, honey, we need to go for a walk. I want to talk to you. And the first thing out of her mouth would be, am I in trouble? Right. Yeah. Rather than just sitting at the table and talking and laughing, and it's always making fun of dad, but it made it worth it. We don't always have to solve a problem when Mm -hmm. we're talking. Mm -hmm. We're just communicating. And I think it's very, 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 very important that we find a time. There was a great study some time ago in Time Magazine, and it was interesting. They called the study the magic of the family meal. And studies show that, I'm going to read and just quote it here, studies show that the more often families eat together, the less likely kids are to smoke, drink, do drugs, get depressed, develop eating disorders and consider suicide, and the more likely they are to do well in school, delay having sex, eat their vegetables, which is hilarious. That doesn't even count in that list. (laughs) Whatever. And and learn big words and Mm. know which fork 
to use. All because of a family meal. We're eating together. We are a family unit. Mm -hmm. I belong. Mm -hmm. I'm not just a boarder here that Mm -hmm. you feed to send me out. Mm -hmm. And as I'm here, I'm beginning to hear my parents' thoughts on things. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to have a thought. Mm -hmm. We're communicating. I think it's incredibly important that we find mealtimes together, even Saturday breakfasts before we Mm -hmm. race out to do our things. And it takes a lot of effort. If you have a busy home, you're involved in all the soccer things and the music practice, and then your child wants to be superstar and everything at school. Mm -hmm. It's hard. I mean, we always had dinner together, I think, growing up. Well, about four times a week or something like that. It was always one night Apparently, that's the magic number in this article. Four times a week is a target. So there's some realism here. Yeah. You can't do it every time. Right. So don't set yourself up for that much disappointment If you're Bob Barnes, you know, it's like we were laughing in the office. The doctor told me to not drink so much coffee because I usually had at least one pot of coffee by 6.30 in the morning. And I would have have coffee in every meal and it was affecting my vocal cords. And the doctor said, you got to back off on the coffee. And back off to me is I stopped drinking coffee. I don't drink it anymore. And I've stopped for two months. Now I will be, you can hardly live in South Florida and not drink coffee. And I've stopped for two months and I've decided June 1st, I'll go back to, and I'll start with it. And you have a date and a time? What's what's the exact? In the morning, June 1st. Yes, yes. Something like that. (laughs) With rosemary. Right, right. But um, because I'm that, I'm also all in. Yes. When the article gives you permission for only four, you only have to do four days a week. You don't have to do all. Chill. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And find them. But trying to find this, one of the venues, because we're all sitting here thinking, okay, when do you do this? Mm -hmm. When do you talk to your kids? When do you have these times? I think that you have to build them in. And one of them is the dinner hour. And one of them understand their kids. And one of them, they're not going to be the in-depth conversation. And one of them, someone may have their feelings hurt and the older child will say, oh, just get over it, Roby. And that's when you've got to jump in and say, oh, I don't think so. I think Mm -hmm. I can identify that. I remember when someone said that to me. And where you know it's a good thing to express or risk feelings at the table. Mm -hmm. So it's listening creatively Mm -hmm. and being intentional. And you're all doing the same thing at the same time, which is what every human has to do is eat. Yes. I think that's an obvious place for communication. And I also think it takes the stress off of communication. We are eating rather than sitting across the table staring at each other waiting for somebody to talk. It's not that awkward. Yes, it takes the stress off probably more for your boy child than anybody. Mm -hmm. I want to set something up where the dinner table works. And I want to set something up also where the dinner table's not always intense. It's fun. And I want to set something up at the dinner table where I'm asking their opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking about getting a such and such. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Where they weigh in on different things. Mm -hmm. We even discussed purchasing an automobile at the dinner table for a week or so. I'm getting ready to buy mom an automobile. So everybody's weighing in here and they're learning to express an opinion and they're learning as they express an opinion that we have different opinions and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't hurt your feeling when I say, oh, I don't know that I want a red car. I think a white car, let me tell you why. And we're all talking, but what they're learning to do is they're teaming up and they're learning. We don't have to have the same opinion, but we're going to come to a center here mm-hmm. on this, on what we're going to do next weekend since we're all off. The dinner table is a great way mm-hmm. for that and a great way to even express pain. And have game nights at the dinner table Absolutely. too. I mean, there's lots that can go there. Even you said you would do sort of a date night. I have the absolute cutest video on my camera of Hannah going out on a date night and sitting and having dinner with dad. Yep. What is that? You know, and I mean, it was, and of course he came home saying, you know, oh my goodness, that was long. 
wrong. <laughs> but and she dressed up for it, made a huge deal about it. And you can do that, make a huge deal. But that's also, you did it, what, once a week? The date night was once a month. Okay. Date night was once a month. But breakfast then? Breakfast once a week, Wednesday okay. mornings. And it hit me that I am going and kicking a soccer ball with my son. And then we're going to get a Slurpee. And we're sitting there, leaning up against the fence. And we're talking for 20 minutes So afterwards. there you go. So, but I didn't know how to do that with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so Rosemary said, we'll take her out on a date. And I said, wow, that sounds so awkward. And Tori was about <laughs> five, I think, when we first did it. And oh, we got to alternate. One month, I picked the place. The next month, she would pick the place. Okay. And I wanted to pick a little bit nicer restaurant where Tori would like to do the patio at the mall. But learning again, this is to teach her how to be treated like a lady. Mm-hmm. This is to hold the chair for her. Mm-hmm. This is to give her the beginnings of on a date where it's in her head. This is the way a male treats a female. Mm-hmm. And then valuing her opinion. And when she's talking, it's like we're on a date. I'm looking her in the eye and I'm nodding my head. I wanted to raise my child also to know how to talk to adults properly, mm-hmm. how to look people in the eye, that you're worthy and awesome. And this was a great night. Thank you for this. It's so important to affirm our kids because what we do is we shove them off into peer activities all the time. They're mm-hmm. at school peers. They're at soccer peers. That When do they get adults? And when do they get us? And a little wonder they develop the opinion of their peers rather than help them process an opinion. And, you know, Dad, I think if I were voting, I'll never forget this. If I were voting for an election, I think I'd vote for so-and-so today, which was the exact opposite person. Uh, that that I was would, Tori. Yes, that was Tori. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be Tori. And for me, not jumping all down her throat and saying, well, tell me how you came to that conclusion. Well, he believes this, this, and this. Well, you also know there's some other things that he believes that you need to know about. He's, you know, he's pro-abortion. And and where are we on that? Where are you on that? And letting her process and letting her discuss. And, you know, she would be the last one to tell me that she got it and would vote for the other person. But I found out later that she was all in on the other person. She just wanted to. Yes. And, but now she had a place to intellectually process information in a safe place from somebody other than the peers she was hanging with or communicating, but it's also very affirming that I'm listening to her mm-hmm. and I'm nodding and I'm not ridiculing. This is her time to learn how to communicate. But that's kind of fun for some personality types, right? Let me think this through and sort of debate. That's fun for Tori and fun for me. The barbarians. And so, yes, and so it's probably not a good combination on the date. And so for <laughs> me to get a little warning from my wife, let her have an opinion. Mm-hmm. She's going to ask you some questions. She's going to ask you if you'll buy her this. So I just want you get your head in the game. I will never forget taking my son out. And my son was a phenomenal athlete in high school, but also he ended up doing drama. And they discovered he was great at drama. Which makes him a great pastor today. Today. Well, that's how we got there. And he reached a point his junior year where the drama coach and the soccer coach said, this is the year you have to choose. We've let you do both and overlap and you run out after soccer and run over there. We want you to choose. And Rosemary prepared me for that dinner out with Roby. I took Roby out to dinner a lot. And Roby made the statement, Roby was going to ask me, uh, Dad, I'm getting ready to choose between sports and drama. And it was a no-brainer to me. None. Zero zip. Sports. And so we go out, but he'd already contacted and had an opportunity to talk to Larry Thompson and Pastor Bob Coy, what they thought. And one of them, I don't remember which one, said, well, what do you think you're going to do? Be a professional soccer player or speak? And Roby said, I think I'm going to be a pastor. And then said, it's an easy statement, right? Training for the future. Yeah. (laughs) And because Rosemary had prepared me for this discussion that he was nervous to have Mm -hmm. with me because he knew I loved watching him play sports. Mm -hmm. And he said, Dad, I think I'm going to choose drama. And here's why I'm going to choose drama 
this year. She prepared me for the moment so that I could man up and be mature and say, you know what? I think you've made a good decision. Did it offend you, though, that he went to other leaders instead no, of you first? No, 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 And Larry, especially, Bob's very dramatic and phenomenal platform. Larry has an undergraduate degree in drama. And these are two of the greatest communicators of our times, right. these two pastors. And so I always wanted to give him an opportunity to other people's opinions. And I never did drama. Drama would terrify me. To do drama... You would be so good no, at it. No, I would be scared to death. I'm spontaneous. To go out there and try to work through lines, you'd have to medicate me and wheel me away. <laughs> More and, coffee. <laughs> yes, but I did see, yes, but I did see in his first play that I went, wow, who is this person? He's mm -hmm. a natural up there. Mm -hmm. And so she prepared me for the communication and she prepared me ahead of time. And so having that venue just grew us up mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. I want my children to have a place to talk. The dinner table or eating out separately is one of those great places. Next week, we're going to pick a whole bunch of other places that our venues to talk that you have anyway, just use them more wisely. And then we're going to look at a whole bunch of places that are just block all communication. But one of the biggest things in raising a communicator has to be use your ears more than your mouth. You got two ears and only one mouth. Use your ears. James was right. You know, slow to speak and slow to get angry and quick to listen. My children are just screaming for someone who will look them in the eye and affirm their worth by listening to them. Mm -hmm. And little wonder they go out the door. Little wonder this little girl at 16 is dating a boy in high school and she's dazzled by how much he listens. She's never been listened to before. Mm -hmm. Little wonder that our son goes out the door and he's dazzled by this girl that actually thinks he has something to say. Because as a parent, we've acted like they don't have anything to say and we've abided whether we believe with it or not by the adage children should be seen but not heard. No, right. nothing could be further from the truth. Our children need to be heard from. Mm -hmm. They need to be affirmed. They need to know your opinion counts. And so as I listen, I will help you hone the opinion. Find it. If it's not the dinner hour and next week we'll give some more venues, your children must go out the door knowing how to communicate, knowing how to deal with conflict, knowing how to express feelings, mm -hmm. knowing how to express hurt, knowing how to handle relationships that are not really good relationships for them to be in because they're just devastating them. Their best friend at school, let's move you on, but you got to talk to me about that. And as parents, we've got to find those ways to get into their heart. God said it's not good for man to live alone. And then God said, and the man and his wife were naked and not ashamed. That means she opened up his heart. He opened up her heart. And finally they shared and became one flesh. You've been listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries this week talking about the importance of teaching your child to communicate and we've got lots more stuff next week on this program. If you want to hear this again, you can find it online at Parenting Today where you can link to it also via Facebook or sign up for the email blog and even see it and hear it on your Android app and that's online at parentingtoday.org. You can also find a wealth of parenting resources and marriage resources online at shfm.org. That's short for Sheridan House Family Ministries, shfm.org.